Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, it says, when you fast, somebody say, when you fast, look at your neighbor, say, when you fast, tell the person behind you, when you fast, I've always thought about that, what if everybody turned around and looked at the person behind you, like, you'd have nobody to say it to, it's because some of you don't do it, that's why, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, there's such thing as hypocrites? What? For they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, somebody say, when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. That's actually just a great thing to do every day. Wash your face. <laughs> this is my daily washing. So that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Father, be with us here this morning. Let no flesh glory in your presence, Lord God. Let everything that we talked about, let it come to fruition today. Have your way. I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name. We all said... Before you're seated, shake about three people's hands and tell them, it's time to fast. Now, many of you were able to start this fast with us here this past Sunday. We started fasting. And in this fast, this is actually not our normal 21-day fast. This is actually a 28-day fast that we're going on within a church. And we want to challenge you to get on board with us uh, if you haven't already. And what I love about it is that while we're doing this fast, there's actually many other believers all over Northern California, Southern California, and even all over the world that we're not associated by ministry, but we're associated by belief. We're associated by spirit. And there are many churches that always begin the year in fasting. And I want to challenge you to get on this fast. Now, on this fast, and we're going to talk about it here this morning. And this message might be a little different because this is more of a, I want to say, teaching. Because I really want to come across to make sure that we fully understand what it is to fast. Because a lot of times we won't talk about fasting because fasting becomes like a, a positive and a positive on a magnet. In other words, it's like you try to get it to come together and it just, eh, I'm not feeling it. I just, eh, that's not my thing. That's your thing. It's good for you, but it's not good for me. But I want you to know something here this morning. It is good for every single person in this place. And when you do it the right way, you're going to see breakthroughs like you've never seen before. And so if you've never taken notes since the beginning of the year, last week, start taking notes. It's a great thing, I'm telling you. Now, I shared this earlier, and I said this earlier, that you and I are in a battle. Are we not? Now, right away, when I say fasting, you can go, fasting? Why fasting? Well, that's like being in a battle and say, a weapon? Why a weapon? Like, do, do you not see what you are saying when it comes to fasting? Like, fasting is important. It's, it's a weapon. And the reason why a lot of people don't do the fasting is because they don't know how to use the weapon. 
That's really all it is if we're honest about it. It's not that even many of us don't want to fast. It's just we don't know how to fast. When you put something in a person's hands and you look at it and go, I don't know what I'm doing. The other day we had New Year's Eve and, and they put a Rubik's Cube in my hand. And they put it in my hand and I go, I don't know how to do this. So they gave it to Diego. If ever, just a little side note, give a Rubik's Cube to Diego. This guy will figure it out. And he, I think he did it today, right? He did it today. So you put it in his hands, doot, 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 done. Put it in my hand. What I would do is I would just take up the sticker one by one. <laughs> I was being honest. But that's why many of you, we put fasting in your hands and you're like, eh, I, don't, I don't know what to do with this. Uh, give it to a pastor. Pastors should fast. No. Disciples should fast. Those who follow Christ should fast. So that's why it's very important that you and I, when it comes to fasting, that we understand this weapon that we have. We have two dual weapons that we're using and we're focusing in on this month of January, and that is prayer and fasting. These are master weapons. Somebody say master weapons. Now, if I could, I just want to quickly use, yesterday we had a great men's discipleship. How many men went to that discipleship? Wasn't that awesome? Man, that was an awesome, awesome discipleship that we had yesterday. And I, I, I want to kind of take Pastor Eddie's analogy that he just used, just real quick, and I want to kind of just use it just a, a, a little bit because it, it's true. A lot of people say at the beginning of the year, you know, it's a, a new year, right? God is going to do a new thing in a new year, right? A new me in this new year. And a lot of times, a lot of pastors, a lot of ministers, a lot of people will use the scripture in Isaiah chapter 43. God is doing a new thing, right? Uh, Isaiah 43 verse 19 says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams and the wasteland. And it, it's funny that the, the word thing, right? Because we look at that word and go, a new thing. Well, I was even thinking about it yesterday in, in the per, uh, uh, perception of what Pastor Eddie was sharing. And he talked about the thing. Because even when I hear that, like, okay, a thing. So perfect example is even the other day, I'm talking to my kids, and we're getting ready to go to school, and I tell them, I say, hey, go get your things. Go get your things. Now, the thing about it is that I can't tell them every single little thing. I'm not over there telling them, okay, go get your book. Don't forget your paper. You got to get your pencil. Make sure to get your backpack. Get your, you know, because there's just like, I don't have time to share everything and get every little detail. And like, so I just tell my kids, go get your things. So when God says he's doing a new thing, there's just so much that he's going to do for you. He just can't tell you everything. It's just God is going to do a new thing. It's just, it's there. And there's so many things that are coming our way. But are you ready for it? Look at your neighbor and say, are you ready for it? So there is a new thing. Now, what's very important about it is that it's a new thing, not another thing refurbished. Right? See, if, if you and I were to go to the dealership, right, and I think he mentioned this yesterday, he said, if I have a 2002 Toyota Camry, and I go to the dealership, and I drive up to the dealership, and I say, okay, I would like a 2016 Toyota Camry. Is that a new thing? No. I have a 2002. I'm going to get what's seemingly new 
a 2016, but all I'm really doing is an upgrade. It's the same thing, just upgraded. But if I go to the dealership and I say, I would like a brand new H1 fully loaded. If you don't know what an H1 is, don't worry about it. <laughs> Them Hummers. I've seen the H2. Those are nice. I like those. But there's something about an H1. I just, I feel like I'm driving in Sparta, you know, with that thing. Like, just call me Leonidas as I drive that thing. <laughs> if you don't know what an H1, it kinda, it's an army truck that has been converted. And those things, I'll tell you one thing. Those Hummers will never get into an accident. Somebody may hit them, but they ain't get into no accident. <laughs> so if I go to the dealership with a 2002 Toyota Camry and I say, I want a Hummer, that's a new thing. See, some of you here this year in 20, 2016, you got to know something. God doesn't want to give you an upgrade of 2015. He wants to give you a new thing, a new way to think, a new place to go. But listen, if God is going to give you a new thing, then you got to get a new weapon. There's a new weapon. And for some of you, you have never really fully utilized this weapon to its fullest potential. You might have used it, but you used the sword like a knife. It's this small. When a sword should be big. I mean, it should be able to cut. It should be able to penetrate and go beyond. I mean, if you're using fasting with one hand, then you're not using it correctly. I mean, the weapon, you should be able to Luke Skywalker, this bad boy. Some of you this year, you're going to have the spirit of Star Wars just come up. It's going to awaken inside of you. I don't even know how I got there, but I got there. Tell your neighbor it's a new thing. Tell your neighbor it's a new thing. John Christiatum said, fasting of the body is food for the soul. Even Benjamin Franklin, one of our forefathers, he said this, to lengthen thy life, lessen thy meals. To lengthen thy life, lessen thy meals. Fasting, it's very important. This morning, I want to take a look at a few types of fasting that the Bible reveals to you and I. Are you ready to get into this this morning? There's a few things, that, and this is very important. I really need you to hear me. If you've never paid attention before, please pay attention. This is really going to help you. It, it, and I want to share this with you. If you take notes on your phone, but the phone is distracting, put the phone away. Because you know that you're taking notes, but all of a sudden you're like, oh, she texted me. Oh, my God, girl, what are you? Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> now, if you can do it, do it. I understand the technology of today. I get it. I, I'm not, you know, uh, you know, naive to it. However... If you want to just do the notes the good old-fashioned way, take some notes on a piece of paper, grab a piece of paper, get a pen, get a pencil. Yes, there are such things still as pens, amen. Take it, write it down, and, and get these notes and storm away because you need them. It's very important to do that. So if you've never taken notes, I want to challenge you here this morning. Please do because we're talking about a very important weapon, and you've got to have strategy to your weapon. Are you ready to look at it this morning? The first type of fast is the disciples' fast. The disciples fast. It's the kind of fast that frees you from addictions to sin. The kind of fast that frees you from addiction to sin. Matthew chapter 17, there's a story there 
that talks about the disciples trying to drive out a demon. And when they were trying to drive out a demon, Jesus comes on the scene pretty much, and he does it himself with a young boy. And he drives out the demon. And then as you read the story, the, 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 the disciples were looking at him and they're saying, well, how did you do that? What is going on? And then Jesus repeat, uh, repeats this in Matthew chapter 17, verse 21. He says, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. This is a disciple's fast. What kind of fast? The kind of fast that is going to drive out certain things that are around you, but first you got to drive it out of you. A discipleship, a fellowship type of fast. Not fellowship, fellowship. See, the Apostle Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. So right away when you're a Christian, you are both a leader and a follower. So when it comes to fasting, you got to learn this type of fellowship, and that is fasting. The fasting to break addictions. I can honestly say that probably 90%, if not 100% of us here in this room, we've had an addiction in our lives at one time. And we needed this addiction to be broken. But I want you to know something. It's not going to break just by coming to the altar and saying, okay, God, do your magic. You have to choose. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 6 says, is, is not the, this the fast that I chose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? See, some of you here this, this morning, you, you got to know something. I don't have time to get into this, but the yoke is basically a philosophy or a way of thinking. It's a, it's a teaching. And some of you here this morning, you come to Christ and you genuinely mean it. You mean it with all your heart. You're very sincere. I want to do right. I want to do good. I want to do everything that I can for God. But I have these addictions. These addictions. They're just there. See, you come to church and you're good, but if you're honest, when you leave here, that bottle just calls you. It just calls you. See, here in church, it doesn't call you because we got a powerful presence that's here. But when you go home, that's not the same presence. So if you want to get that, this same presence in your home, you need, it only is going to get out by prayer and fasting. See, this type of fast is very important. See, this fasting is a spiritual tune-up. You need this to grow stronger. Can you imagine if you were to drive your car for 25, 30 years and never get a tune-up? Okay, now let's be honest. You probably wouldn't be able to drive your car for 25 or 30 years without a tune-up. If you want to be that follower of Christ, that disciple of Christ, my friend, you are not going to make it unless you fast. I was going to be very honest with you right now. I'm not trying to raise up a, 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 a bunch of believers that believe in Christ and that's it. I'm trying to raise up disciples. Disciples in this church. What was very important is that Jesus told his disciples. He didn't tell the hypocrites. He told his disciples. He says, if you really want this, then you can only get this. Something's got to come out of you first. But it's only going to come out by prayer and fasting. See, this is something that the Lord shows us that as disciples, we need to take serious the sin that is in our lives. See, they were current 
disciples, and they had some things in their life that they had not dealt with. They were following in the footsteps, but they were not following in the steps of what Christ was taking in his spirit. See, fasting is a spiritual weapon, and it's very important that you are uh, 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 understanding and clear of what is going on. See, some of you here this morning, you have some things in your life that need to be broken off, and, and like I shared earlier, you're very genuine. You have a great heart. You have great intentions. However, every time you leave or every time you separate from a man or woman of God and you go off on your own, all of a sudden these things, they come your way and you keep finding yourself in that sinful nature. Matter of fact, the Bible calls them besetting sins. They're just like settled there. I mean, they're just there, and you cannot break them off. See, you and I must understand that there are some things that can only come out by, prayer, by praying and fasting. These are habitual ritual behaviors. Even many times, some of you sit here this morning, you have that alcohol problem. Or you know somebody that has an alcohol problem. They have a drug problem, a sexual problem, or a pornography problem. And you're wondering, man, you come to church and, man, everything is great. I don't have a pornography problem right now. Well, of course, because the presence is powerful here. But you go home and there's that TV. There's that computer. See, the Bible calls these besetting sins. That they're there, and if you do not deal with them, they just settle in, and they get a lazy boy, and they just set up shop in the, uh, your heart. They just stay there. But if you really, really, truly want to break these habits, break these things, I don't want to challenge you. This year in 2016, take this weapon of fasting and say, God, I truly, I am ready to break this thing. This thing will not have hold of my mind. It will not have hold of my heart. It will not have hold of my life or my family. I am ready to fast. I'm ready to break these habits, and it's no longer going to be a part of my life. Listen, in 2016, it's time to break some habits. It's time to break some besetting sins. Come on, it's time to break some strongholds. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a hand of praise. The second fast is the Ezra fast. First of the disciples fast. The second is the Ezra fast. This kind of fast is a fast for great financial problems and hard times. Great financial problems at hard times. Now, if you have never been through some financial problems, you're going to. I don't know who's there. Has anybody never been through any financial I don't know. Maybe there probably, there might be somebody. Honestly, is there anybody that's ever like, I've been great. He's done miracles so great. Since I was born, it's just like this. No? Okay. The Ezra fast is for financial breakthroughs and financial understandings. The hard times, many of us, a lot of times, especially living here, we look at it and we look at certain things and go, man, this is hard times right now. This kind of fast allows you to understand that we are going to break through these financial hard times. Can I hear an amen? amen? See, when you're going through hard times and you don't know what to do, I want you to know something. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't say, I can't do this. I'm never going to make it. Or this financial happening is never going to change. No, my friend, that is the time to get on your knees and start fasting. 
In Ezra chapter 8, verse 21, I'm not going to go over the whole story. I'll just give you a, a little synopsis of it. But it says in verse 21, it says, There, by the Ahava ca uh, Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves. There's that word again, humble. Humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. Now, as I begin to look at this, I said possessions. What are the possessions? Look down in verse 26 of Ezra chapter 8. It says, I weighed out to them 650 talents of silver, silver articles weighing 100 talents, 100 talents of gold, 20 bowls of gold valued at 1,000 derricks, and two fine articles of polished bronze as precious as gold. Now, I don't have time to get into every detail of all the items that were taking place here, but I did a little bit of research on what a talent is. Now, one talent of gold today, one talent of gold today is worth $660,000. One talent. He was transporting 100 talents. Mathematicians, how much is 100 talents at a value of $660,000 per talent? <laughs> I like that answer a lot. <laughs> 66 million. That was just the 100 talents. He was transporting a whole lot more than that. So here's the story. Ezra was getting the resources and the money to rebuild the wall. And he got the money. However, he needed to break through where he was going to go because God told him, go this way. However, when he was going to go that way, in the midst of where he was going, there was a lot of thieves. There was a lot of uh, robbers. There was a lot of, uh, he could already foresee a battle happening. So before he got there, he stopped at the canal and says, hey, we are going to pray and fast. Imagine trans, uh, you know, transporting $66 million dollars. That's a lot of money. So guess what? You want a lot of money? Hopefully you got a lot of fasting. See, that's why some of you, you pray for the fasting by way of lottery ticket. God actually wants to give it to you by way of your heart, but a lottery ticket is blocking that. It's blocking it. This is how I'm going to make it. God says, no, I got so much more for you than a lottery ticket. But the only way this is going to be broken off is only going to come by prayer and fasting. Ezra understood that. He needed to take this money and get it back to rebuild the wall. In order for him to get to Jerusalem, there were things in his pathway there. And the, the, the Bible says that there were thieves there. And listen, the Bible even calls there's a certain thief that comes out for us. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you and I want to make sure that we're able to maneuver through the tactics of the enemy for a financial breakthrough, then you and I must understand it's not going to happen by our thinking. It's not going to happen by our ways. It's not going to happen by the way that we learned how to do finances years ago. It's going to take a new way. See, if you want to maneuver through certain things, see, I know many of you right now, you're praying for a new job. You know what you should be praying for? A new heart. A new heart. When you get the new heart, you'll see the new job. It might even be the current one, but you'll see it differently. Why? And Ezra understood that. 
He said, man, if I'm going to get this financial breakthrough, if I'm going to get it from here to there, then i got to fast. i got to separate myself. i got to separate even those around me. Listen, I want you to know something. God cares about your finances. God cares about your finances. See, they're, they're, we've come into a state and a culture within our, uh, uh, who we are as Americans that we've gotten so far this way, we don't really know what God's way is. And when I say, let me explain this to you. We have come against, we have all these pastors and preachers of today that it, there's this new term called the prosperity gospel. And when you say that word, it just turns people off, right? Oh, prosper, all the prosperity preachers, they just, all they want is your, that's all they want. So right away, when you hear that term, it turns a lot of people off. But did you know, that's not a preacher's term. That's a biblical term, prosperity. Don't let the world turn around what God had always intended for you in the first place. Listen, God is very concerned about your financial state. He's very concerned about it. He wants you to prosper. Why? Because if you start prospering and you do it the biblical way, you do it God's way, then the, what's, the only thing that's going to happen is the people around you are going to be blessed. Yes. Pressed down, shaken together, and? So that means it's not just for you, but for people around you. Even your neighbor is going to be blessed. The neighbor that don't like you. Everybody has that one neighbor, right? If you live in Hayward, you got that neighbor, amen? But see, when you get blessed, even your neighbors get blessed. That's just the way that it is. Now, I'm not talking riches galore according to the American society of what being wealthy is. No, I'm talking about a prosperous life. But see, you and I must understand, in order for this to happen, it's going to happen through a breakthrough with fasting. Somebody say fasting. I believe God wants to answer your prayer. I truly do. I truly believe that. But one of the ways is you've got to be able to pray and fast. The third fast here this morning. Are you guys getting something this morning? Yes. Is the Samuel fast. The Samuel fast. This type of fast is where Samuel declared a fast for national revival, national revival, praying for our president, praying for our Congress, praying for our elected officials, praying for our politicians. Listen, right away, especially if you're on Facebook, Facebook shouldn't even be called Facebook. It should be called whatever I want to say, my opinion, and if you don't like it, get off this book. Because that's really what it is. When I read Facebook, man, I see so many Christians, and, and there will be a lot of times if I feel a Christian's going too far, I will check them. I will direct message them and say, hey, don't do that. You, you don't do that stuff. I, and I will tell them, I know I'm not your pastor, but as a pastor, as a shepherd, don't do that. You're, you're messing people up. Because they talk bad about Barack Obama. They talk bad about the elected officials. They talk about, listen, whatever your opinion is on whoever is in office, that doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Our kingdom that God has given us is not of this earth. And you're so worried about that. See, Samuel understood. He understood something. He said, man, we need to pray and fast for a revival in our country. Listen, if you are looking for revival through President Obama, President Bush, President Clinton, any president that sits in that seat, then, my friend, you are looking in the wrong place. 
I don't know who our next president is going to be, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you are looking for them to be the savior of you, you're looking in the wrong place. I, I don't care if the guy who sits in that office says he's a follower of Christ, been to church a hundred times a day. Like, that really doesn't matter to me. Because I'm not looking for him to change my city. God has called me to change the city. God has called me to change the Bay Area. And if it's going to happen, it's only going to happen by prayer and fasting. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 5 says, Then Samuel said, Assemble all Israel at Mizpah, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. When they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day they fasted, and there they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. Now Samuel was serving as leader of Israel at Mizpah. Now this is very important. The story here of Samuel is that right before he got on the scene, there was a priest that was there before him. And the priest had passed away. Now, when he passed away, the Ark of the Covenant got stolen. When the Ark of the Covenant got stolen, Samuel came in and he wanted to get it back. But the previous priest that was the head of Israel. Now remember, this is before Israel had kings. They had priests. So they had a priest, and he was the leader. But that leader, the Bible says that the one that was there before him was fat. Read it for yourself. That's what it says, right? It doesn't say Eli was fat. Help me out here, Greg. That's what it says. That's what it says. I looked it up like three times just to make sure. It says he was a heavy man. A lot of translations say a fat man, even others Translation said, grotesque man. He was a big guy. As the leader, you could tell there was no fasting going on there. <laughs> Samuel comes in and says, hey, 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 hold on, hold on. That leader's gone. We need to get back the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. See, you and I must understand that if we want the presence of God, we need to fast. There has to be a fast for this national revival. Samuel understood that, and the first thing he did is he called a fast. The ark had been stolen. The presence was gone. Their nation was in turmoil. What were they going to do? See, he wanted this revival, but he wanted an atmosphere of revival. He wanted an atmosphere that wherever he went, wherever they went, there would be an atmosphere. Listen, this type of fast is that so wherever you go, there is an atmosphere of God's presence. See, don't you like it when you come to church? Isn't it a great feeling? You come to church and people are up here singing, God is fighting for, and you're like, oh, man, this just feels so good. Some of you, you don't even know the songs, but you're just like, watermelon, 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 watermelon. And like in your mind, you're like Mariah Carey and, or Luther Vandross, and you're, you're singing like Michael Bolton, and you're like, yeah, I got this, I'm good. And there's a powerful, powerful presence. But then you leave here, and it becomes another presence. It's a whole nother ballgame. And you say, how come I feel like that here, but I don't feel like that here? Samuel understood that. He said, listen, if we are going to feel it everywhere we go as the, the kingdom of Israel, then we need the presence of God. I need, I desire, I have to have the presence of God. 
Listen, when's the last time you fasted for the presence of God? That right there, I had to stop, take a break, get on my knees and pray. I said, oh, when's the last time I fasted for the presence of God? Not just for any other breakthrough, but for the presence of God. I do not want to go anywhere unless I got the presence of God. I mean, you, you know what that's like? This is the way I could put it. It's called childlike faith. Childlike faith. And you're probably saying, well, what, what does that mean? The other day, I told my son, as I shared earlier, son, go get your backpack. Go get that thing. And so he looked around. He went around five minutes, ten minutes going by. I said, okay, it's time to go. And he came up to me, and he said, no, we can't leave. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? He's like, I can't buy my backpack. I'm like, oh, my God. And now me, being a father, we got to get to school. Hurry up. Get in the car. But Elijah, no, I need my backpack. And he starts crying. I'm like, oh, this kid, I'm going to give you something to cry about right now. You get me frustrated. Childlike faith is exactly like that, looking for the backpack. I'm not going anywhere until I get the presents. See, some of you are satisfied with just the regular. Hey, I'm going to go. The presence of God not there. Eh, no big deal. And you just walk out the house without the presence. But when's the last time you got so righteously indignated that, no, I'm not, don't touch me, don't look at me, don't call me, don't do anything. I'm turning off my phone. I'm turning off the TV. I'm turning off everyone and everything. Why? Because I got to get into the presence of God, and I'm not leaving here until I get the presence of God in my life. Childlike faith. I'm not going nowhere. Think about that. I'm not going anywhere without the presence of God. Man, that's a powerful statement to be able to say I'm not doing nothing. I'm not going anywhere without this presence. Listen, if we want people to feel the presence of God in this church, then there must be that hunger from the soul by fasting for his presence. See, the story here even talks about how the Israelites, when they were on this fast, and you can read it on your own there, 1 Samuel, when they were on this fast, the Bible says that the Philistines attacked them. I want you to know something. Even when you're on the fast, the enemy is going to attack you. He's not going to look at you and go, oh, I'm sorry, you're fasting. My bad. Whoa. Shh. Quiet. Sit down, jealousy. Sit down, envy. Sit down, bitterness. Don't worry about it. They're fasting. Whoa. Oh, are you done with your fast yet? Not yet. Go ahead. No. The Bible says that Samuel called the fast, and when he called the fast, here came here came hatred. Here came bitterness. Here came anger. Here came envy. Here came jealousy. Here came insecurity. Here came all these things and began to attack them. Listen, I want you to know something. Even in the midst of your fast, the enemy's going to attack you. But guess what? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a hand of praise. 
The fourth, and, and for time's sake, the last fast, fast right now is the Elijah fast. Yes, that's right, the Elijah fast. The Elijah fast. Now, this fast breaks negative emotional feelings and habits. It breaks negative emotional feelings and habits. Now, Elijah is known for one of the, probably what we would do in today's church, one of the strongest spirits. A lot of women say it all the time, the Jezebel spirit, right? The Jezebel spirit. But it wasn't so much that. I'm going to show you right now. The Bible says that Elijah, he went and did some great, tremendous uh, works in the midst of a bunch of false prophets and did some things and killed them and Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy, and the word got sent. There's a prophet over here, and he's, man, you should have seen what he did to the prophets of Baal. What, what do we do with this guy? And Jezebel's like, all right, I know what I'm going to do. Let's go get this dude. And so then all of a sudden, this woman, Jezebel, I don't know who in the world this woman is, but to make a prophet of God run under a tree and just take off running, I mean, like, you know, just one of them girls, you know, every neighborhood's got one of them girls that's just like, oh, uh, I know she a girl, but you need to be careful because she will knock you out. <laughs> Every neighborhood's got that. Elijah had that. So Elijah was like, okay, uh, yeah, uh, like, I'm big, but just not that big. You know, I'm, I'm strong, but just not that strong. You know, uh, I know I'm going to take off. So he took off, and he ran. And the Bible says that he ran, and he hid under a tree. And when he hid under the tree, the Bible says that he got suicidal thoughts. I just want to die. Just let me die. That's what he told God. Let me die. I don't want to handle this. I don't want to be around this. I did what I did, and it was all great and all good, but my future, it just, it looks horrible. I just want to die. When he was there, the Bible says that an angel, the Lord, came and gave him food. It was a supernatural food because this supernatural food, this bread and water that was given to him, Gave him the strength to go on for the next 40 days. The strength to go on for the next 40 days. Listen to me. This type of fast that I'm talking about, this Elijah fast, don't find yourself strange if you even have these type of thoughts, suicidal thoughts. He had them. I just want to die. I want to get this over with. See, listen, here this morning, many of us, we need to go on a fast that breaks these types of oppressions and chains over our lives. When it, comes to, when it comes to this, this type of fast, we're talking about fasting for depression, suicidal thoughts, fear, bitterness, a continuous state of even irritation. Uh, many times you will find a lot of people, they're just constantly grumpy, constantly just have that Mr. Grinch spirit. Say, why are they always like that? It ain't Christmas no more. Why do they feel like that but it's just because there's just something upon you that just all of a sudden I don't know what it is well then my friend if that you want to get rid of that thing and you don't want to look at that same thing in the mirror then my friend that's what Elijah understood Elijah understood your pain Elijah understood your thoughts and he said man if I'm going to get rid of this thing I must be able to fast breaking this thing breaking the chains of low self-esteem breaking the chains of even deep insecurities many of you here this morning you might have those type of insecurities within your life somebody told you you weren't good enough somebody told you you weren't pretty enough somebody told you you weren't 
strong enough, not big enough, not tall enough, whatever it might have been. And so these insecurities, all your life you've always had that. You're too big, you're too small, you're too tall, you're too short, you're too this, you're too that. And little by little, you may get victories within your life because when you come to church, you have the victorious moments, but you leave here, and then those oppressive times come over you. And they just harbor over you. So when you get alone underneath a tree, you get those thoughts, they come back. Why do I feel like this? Why do I have that? Man, I, I had victory over there, but man, every time I get under this tree or every time I get uh, with this person, where every time I come to this party, every time I come to this house, every time, man, I just feel this thing. Elijah said, you know what? If this is going to break, it's going to take supernatural strength, supernatural happening, and he fasted. You see how important fasting is? You know, now, I, I close with this. It was very important that when I was looking at this, What's awesome is that God told Elijah to go back. When he fasted, he told him to go back. Now, a lot of times you will say, well, wait, hold on one second. I thought we weren't supposed to go back. God told Elijah, go back to the place of victory. Go back to the monument of where you remember my hand worked and yours didn't. Go back to the place where you saw exactly what I told you to do. Mount Hebron, go back there. This type of fasting will even have you go back to the place where you've seen the victory. Last year, we had a great opportunity to do exactly what we're doing this year with the, the month of January and prayer month. And last year, we did something similar. And one of the weeks, we did a location prayer. That's actually going to be starting next Monday. We want a location prayer. We were actually going to uh, San Leandro Community Center. Uh, um, uh, where else are we going? We're going to, uh, oh, the Lorenzo Movie Theater. Uh, we're going to Prayer Mountain. Uh, we're going to City Hall. Those are all location prayers. Uh, so we're going different places. But last year, we went to Prayer Mountain. I don't know if you guys remember that. We went up there. It was cold. It's going to be cold again this year. But it was cold last year. And I remember, we went up there. And went to prayer, and I remember going up there. It was a great time, a powerful time. Probably one of the best fasting and prayer I'd ever had, personally. And I remember going up there, and we were praying. There was all of us praying. You could see it was dark. And it was kind of a, a, a good atmosphere. You could see all the lights and different cars, but you can't hear all that much. You could see it, but you can't hear it. And so I remember going up there and praying, and I remember distinctly God speaking to me. And when he spoke to me, one of the things that he spoke to me about, and he had shared, he said, this year, you are going to see what you did years ago. The victories come again. Now, this is the thing. God even gave me a specific number. Watch this. So when I was up there praying, saying, okay, God, what is it exactly that you want to do? that you mean of the past victories. At that time, he didn't tell me. That's just what he told me. So I said, okay. Months went by. As months were going by, I remember the leadership. We met together, and we were talking. And all of a sudden, they came up and said, you know what, Pastor? Why don't we do the drama shotgun? And I was like, oh, you know, because if you know me, I was just kind of like, eh, you know, I'm not feeling that. I don't want to do that. But when the person said it, right away my spirit went, yes. We're supposed to do that. 
And then, keep in mind, the number is still there. So I remember we did all this planning. And when we did the drama, you guys remember when we did that? We had traveled with that drama for years. I'm talking over 20 plus years. Seeing so many victories, so many great things happen, so many tremendous things happen. In that time, God had told me and showed me a number of 150. 150. In this 150, this is what God showed me. Watch this. When we're there, we're coming. We do the drama. It's done. The next day, Pastor Manuel gives me the numbers of everybody that comes in uh, the next day. Or, or, or excuse me, in that service. He gives me the numbers. And I know our average of our church. I know the average. I, I look at our average of our church a whole lot of times, and I'll look at different numbers. Now, if you know me, we're, I'm really not into numbers. Oh, you know, the, because a lot of different people, they will look at, how big is your church? How many people you got in your church? I'm not into that. That's not how I am. However, numbers are important. Why? Because more people in here, less people going down there. You know, that's just the way that I see it. Prayerfully, I'd love to get 10,000 people in here because hopefully we get 10,000 people from Hayward to heaven. You know, that's just the way that I see it. I want to see more people get up there to heaven. So I looked at our average. And then Pastor Manuel emailed me the next day. The next day, we had exactly 150 more people show up to our service than our normal average that we had. And when that happened, now this is, uh, you can, he's not here, but Pastor Tony, two weeks before we did the drama, I was talking with Pastor Tony, and I told him, I don't know why, but God gave me the number 150. What's the 150 for? And so when we did that, all of a sudden, that Sunday, if you were here, I mean, the place, we had a lot of people, 150 more than normal. Now, you might be sitting here saying, well, where's the extra 150 now? That 150, if I'm honest, wasn't for us to keep. It was for just God to show me something. That's all. Just to show me. And he showed me. He said, look, remember the past victories that you had back then. Everything that you had been praying and fasting for back then. I have it for you. It's there. Prepare yourself. Get yourself ready. Get yourself on this Elijah fast. You got to get rid and break a hold of certain things and certain happenings. And listen, you don't have to feel oppressed. You don't have to feel depressed. You don't have to feel insecure about who you are or who you're not. You just got to know one thing is that I am your God. I am your Lord. I am your King. And I will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. The fasting that we have as they come to the piano here this morning, the fasting that we have that we're getting into, I want to challenge you here this morning. If you have not fasted before, there's so many different other fasts and other ones that I'll go over later on in time, but I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you, Victory Average Heart of the Bay. Get on this fast. Even for those of you that are trying out this God thing, the church thing, like, yeah, I'm here, but kind of like, you're lucky I'm here kind of thing. I get it. I understand. But I want to challenge even you. Yes, you. Yeah. Try it. Yeah. Just try it. Do the fast. I'm not going to eat today. Not today. Try it. For those of you that have never tried it, let me give you a step process. Try a meal. Intentional. I will not have lunch today. Not the, well, I already don't eat breakfast, so that counts kind of thing. No, 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 no. See, because some of you are already like, yeah, I've been fasting. Good job, me. 
No. I'm not talking about skipping a meal. That's dieting. You want to go on a diet? Go to Jenny Craves. Be blessed. I'm not talking about that. Fasting can only be coupled with prayer. If you don't pray, you're just starving yourself. Be intentional. Maybe it's some of the ones that I shared here. Maybe it's the Samuel fast. Maybe you've been having, you keep having issues with somebody in office. Like, man, how come this guy don't change? No, God's saying, no, you need to pray for a revival within yourself and take the atmosphere wherever you go. Some of you have some addictions that you just cannot get rid of, but you're a disciple. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. But you just have this addiction. It just keeps coming back. Why is this happening to me? I love God. I serve God. I serve the church. Why is this on me? You need to break that thing. Break that thing. But I want to challenge you fast. I know this is hard right now. Because when you tell somebody that to abstain from food, I like the way he puts it in that book, fasting. You know what he calls it? He calls it king's stomach. Some of you right now, the king of your heart is sitting right underneath it. It's that stomach that tells you, you got to eat. You have to eat. But when you say, no, you will not rule my life. You don't tell me what to do. This flesh shouldn't be telling you what to do. Go to that party. No. Go drink that beer. No. You, You tell that flesh. Don't let the flesh tell you. But the only way, I'm telling you, from experience, the only way is that you've got to be able to die to this flesh. Now, there's purpose and intent for it. There's a lot more. I'll go into them next time. But I want to challenge you here today. I'm not going to make an altar call right now. I'm not going to. Because this type of altar, this type of fast, this is a challenge that you must take and you must make an altar where you go. Some of you need to make an altar at your refrigerator. I don't even know where that came from. (laughs) But it's the honest to God truth. It's the honest to God truth. I want to tell you right now, some of you want to get healthy, try it. Try fasting. Not just physically, but spiritually. Some of you, you're fit right here, but you're so lazy right here. I run, I work out. You do in the physical, but you're spiritual. I mean, your mental, your, your character is so malnutrition. It's horrible. Just, it's not there. Listen, January, this month, this is an intentional month. My prayer is that I came across in a way that will challenge you, that will get you to really grab a hold of this thing. These are spiritual principles that will break through like never before. Try it. Try it. And if you just so happen to like be there and uh, right now, see your heart's like, yeah, yeah. You're going to sit down tonight and you go, oh, make a plan. Make a plan. Okay, for some of you, you weren't ready for this, right? I came at you and I kind of came from left field on this one and you were like, oh, pastor, why don't you just tell me how I got the victory and... You know, I just wanted to come feel good. Well, I want you to stay good. That's what fasting will do. It will keep you. Spiritual tune-up. Some of you, you have to. Some of you, the doctor's telling you you have to. It's forcing you to. 
For some of you, the doctor hasn't forced you yet. Let the great doctor tell you. Come on. Let's do this. Let's get in this together. Look, I don't stand up here on a pedestal saying I have it all together. Not in any way, shape, or form. Not at all. I have done my best to be intentional in my habits. Am I perfect? No way. If I can be a full disclosure, I love a burrito from La Taqueria. I do. Actually, a quesadilla. I'm sorry. I do. But if I'm honest, I know that's fried. I shouldn't be having that. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm being a whole lot better in my intentions right now. A whole lot better. Way better. Like, no, 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 no. I just, even the other day, somebody came at me and they gave me some cake. I go, nah, that's okay. And they're like, what? No, no. It's, it's a regular habit of mine now. I don't have cake. I just don't. I don't like it. It's not that it's not good. Cake is good, is it not? It's great. Cake is great. But cake doesn't do miracles so great. See, a lot of us have good intentions, right? We got good intentions. Yeah, I intend to not do that. I'm not talking to your intentions. Matter of fact, I'm telling your intentions to shut up. I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to your character. Come on. You can do this. I don't know. Yes, you can. But you don't know my schedule. I don't care. I'm not talking to your schedule. I'm talking to your future. I'm talking to your destiny. I'm talking to the plans that God has for you. This is something great. This is something powerful. Don't treat them with just, well, I don't need my backpack. I'm just going to leave the house. It's no big deal. No, do not leave without the presence of God. Do not leave your house. Do not go to your job without the presence of God. Do not interact with your family and friends without the presence of God. Listen to me, Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay. We do not want to do anything this year without the presence of God. We need the presence of God. We desire, we hunger for the presence of God. Need it. Need it. Oh, I need it. It's the air that I breathe, the song that I sing, the food that I go after is my everything. Stand with me here this morning. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. No altar call. No altar call. You're going to go home and you're going to make a strategy. You're going to make a plan. Go with your husband. Go with your wife. Go with your son. Go with your daughter. Saying, okay, we're cutting this out for this week. Try it. For one day. Try it for two days. If you can, try it for a week. If you got to eat dinner every day, I'm trying to give you some practical things. Eat dinner every day. Skip breakfast. Skip lunch. But don't do it on a diet. Do it because you're fasting. Be intentional. Be intentional. I'm telling you, you are going to see breakthroughs like you've never seen before. You're not going to worry about no lottery Powerball. Like, you don't need that. The weapon is already there. It's in your hand. Put it there. Keep it there. Let's pray. Father, have your way.